It's Mark Reardon for C-Speak, the language of executives, sponsored by PNC Bank, along with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank. Today, we're joined by Jarrett Kolthoff, CEO of Speartip. Welcome, Jarrett, to C-Speak. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little about Speartip. So Speartip is a cyber counterintelligence firm. Uh, we're primarily focused on helping corporations respond to uh, intrusions, ransomware attacks, and really just helping those organizations uh, deal with those type of threats uh, to include not only on the reactive side, responding to those intrusions, but also managing uh, their environment with respect to uh, protecting them. So a managed service perspective of ongoing protection on a 24-7 basis. With COVID-19, every business is now an e-commerce business. How has this changed the threat actors and what does this mean for the cyber industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So as COVID-19 has pushed the remote workforce or the workforce uh, to work remotely, um, it's either one, uh, had some organizations leverage technology to receive orders. So if you're a storefront, uh, that aspect of having that inbound communication, so you have a lot more emails coming into uh, an organization that normally didn't, maybe didn't receive those emails. So that's rampant uh, with the possibility of malware coming in through email to those companies. Uh, the other is for the larger organizations and, and corporations, uh, they may not have had a large or very strong secure infrastructure for that remote workforce. So a lot of times they're enabling uh, remote desktop or uh, basically a, an insecure manner to get back into the organization as their employees are working from home. And that simply leaves an open venue uh, avenue for the bad actors, these threat actors, to compromise the organization, primarily through ransomware cases or ransomware attacks. There's a lot of cyber technology out there. Which one is the magic bullet that will make sure I don't get breached? Yeah, that's most organizations uh, too often go to try to find uh, the best firewall, the best um, endpoint protection, or some other type of technology. And they make that investment, and they simply think that, okay, I can sit and forget. Uh, I can uh, in deploy the technology and hope that all is well because I, I invested in that money and that, that capital into the, the technology. The unfortunate piece is I would say over 70% of the intrusion cases that our firm responds to, most of the time there, there is some type of alert, some type of event. Uh, but this stuff is pretty technical, and it, it's not – most most engineers and security engineers, it, it's above uh, their ability to respond to it. Uh, great people. Uh, it's just it takes a lot of experience and years of experience to respond to these things. So what we find is uh, it's not just the technology, but it's also the ability to constantly monitor that with uh, our phraseology is eyes on glass. That means um, it, it requires an organization, whether that's built internally or you leverage an external resource to be able to monitor your company uh, 24-7. Jarrett, how does your background play into developing that counterintelligence approach to security, and how is that different from what's being done in large corporations? I would say that our perspective of leveraging cyber counterintelligence uh, methodologies, that's different from, the, from most organizations that simply re rely upon, as I stated earlier, leveraging technology alone. The cyber counterintelligence perspective, uh, my background is a former special agent, we, we leverage the, what we call the human, the human intelligence uh, aspect of combining the technology with the understanding of the adversary and, and looking at a holistic approach, protecting the organization, not simply relying upon the technology in and of itself. Uh, once again, that's, I think that's where most organizations fail. Uh, they come, come in over the weekend or they, they find themselves uh, suffering from a ransomware attack. Uh, 
that are strictly relying upon the technology uh, itself and, and not having that human person uh, not only understanding the adversary uh, themselves and also leveraging technology and blending those two together. That's that counterintelligence perspective that, that we bring to, uh, to the table. Just out of curiosity, do the folks responsible for the ransomware attacks ever get caught? You never hear about that. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes they do. Uh, the, the payment mechanism uh, that, that they're utilizing allows them some anonymity, um, but there are, uh, there are th- some things that are occurring where some of these bad actors do make mistakes, and they, uh, they, they allow the authorities, federal authorities, international authorities to, to apprehend them. We've, we've had some cases uh, where we were able to apprehend and work with uh, the Bureau and, and the Secret Service uh, with respect to apprehension, and, but uh, that's not always the case. You talked about a security operations center working around the clock. Does every company need to have this organic in-house approach? It's difficult to have it in-house. Uh, there are simply a handful, handful of organizations that we're aware of uh, across the, the U.S. that have a very robust. Many corporate, larger corporations say that they will have it, but in essence, they will have maybe one or two security engineers, and that's large corporations that are monitoring uh, the company during work hours. <laughs> and then when they go home, they rely upon uh, other uh, network security op- network operations to alert them of events. Uh, in the mid-tier market, commercial market, they're, they're simply not watching uh, the organization 24-7. Uh, nothing, they're simply wearing too many hats, meaning that they have too many tasks and cybersecurity quite often is, is yet another add-on uh, to their to their duties on a daily basis. And it's very difficult for the commercial market to, to have that monitoring 24-7. Um, that's, we always say someone in the organization has to own it, uh, but we also uh, are a proponent of leveraging outside resources to assist uh, an organization in, in that monitoring. People will be returning to work soon and bringing with them laptops as well as mobile devices that haven't seen the corporate networks in weeks. So what do chief executives need to know? Well, I think chief executives need to be well aware of the fact that as that remote workforce is coming uh, back into the corporations, they are going to be dealing with many issues such as uh, ransomware attacks and companies or, or laptops coming back inside the confines of the organization that have been remotely for, say, the month, maybe two months. And home networks are not the most secure environment. And, and quite often we find that those work systems that have been in a home environment will be coming back uh, completely infected with, with, ransom, with, uh, with malware and possibly even ransomware, uh, ready and waiting to, uh, to infect the rest of the organization. And, you know, we saw a pretty big spike once the COVID occurred. Uh, when people were enabling remote and re- enabling the remote access into the corporations, I think that that remote that spike will now be doubled uh, the the amount of attacks that we're going to see. So, corporations and executives need to be very aware and ready to to react quickly. Uh, make sure that they have uh, uh, know who they're going to call uh, as far as a response team, technical response team, and to to include uh, their their breach coaches, their lawyers, and also their insurance. So be well prepared for that to happen. Uh, corporations fail in, in these type of responses when they're not well prepared. Uh, if they react quickly, uh, it'll minimize the impact to, to the company. How long does it take to get endpoint monitoring into place? And is that something an organization can have in place by the time their employees begin returning to the office? You know, deploying endpoint monitoring 
is is fairly easy uh, from our point. There's two points to that. If you go out and buy uh, a piece of technology or something that's not well managed, it's pretty arduous. Um, but, you know, for, for our organization, we developed our own tool set. And because we respond to intrusions globally, we, in, in our technology and, and what we deploy, we can deploy a matter of hours, even for organizations from 5,000, 10,000 hosts. Uh, we just have that process down because when you're responding to intrusion, you don't have time to put together uh, a project plan that's going to cover the next two months to deploy to 5,000 hosts. Uh, so the, the, at least from our perspective, deploying the tech, uh, technology for endpoint monitoring is fairly quick and easy. Uh, but if, if they already have something in place, which hopefully they do, um, great, awesome, have that deployed, have that monitoring. Now they may simply need to think about, I need to have that actually monitored. I may have it deployed, but it's not be, being monitored really well. So you need to have that as an add-on. So um, that, could be de- that could be deployed uh, so within a couple of weeks with respect to having an entity uh, fully manage that, that organization. Uh, but deployment of the endpoint technology in and of itself uh, doesn't take that long. Jared, what have we learned from a security perspective on how to better prepare for when this might happen again? I think from a, a security perspective on when this happens again uh, is, is simply having a plan. Uh, you know, all of a sudden we had to make a decision, how do we push people remotely? And when I speak, when this happens again, referencing with, with uh, some type of outbreak or pandemic with COVID such, um, having a plan of having that remote uh, workforce go remotely and still be operational. So that's part of the business continuity planning, the BCP planning. And, and or, every organization, especially the commercial and, and, and enterprise, that should be part of the process, uh, especially if you're publicly traded and you have uh, the different auditors come in, they're going to be looking for that business continuity planning, and that should be a part of that. How can you securely deploy your workforce uh, in a secure manner and allow them to come back inside the organization technically and simply be operational in a matter of hours, uh, minutes best, but a matter of hours, and and having that plan well-oiled and and run some some dry runs throughout the year, quarterly possibly, That'll enable you to be quickly uh, respond to these type of events and be operational, and your company can still continue to operate uh, fairly easily. How does COVID-19 change the way a C-suite executive views security in 2020? Yeah, great question. So uh, the C-suite executives now are looking at uh, issues, uh, acute events, COVID, pandemics, um, you know, maybe some other uh, global event. They're, they're really viewing security in, in a new manner, meaning that I think it was always, there's always been that push to have cybersecurity at the board level. You know, they always talk about, has to be talked about, somebody on the board has to be cyber aware. Um, but I think this is really put in an, even a, in a greater light. We have one organization that unfortunately is suffering from COVID and, and is struggling. And as, as we're speaking to their executives as they're going through some financial crisis, uh, we helping them understand, you know, cybersecurity right now is, is critical in these type of events to, to make sure that you have that well-oiled um, understanding that it's well-invested. It's, one, again, not not simply going buying technology, but having a risk-based model uh, that counsel, your external counsel helps you develop, that technical team help, helps you develop, and that the board initiative, so it's an understanding of protecting the brand all the way from the board level down to uh, the line engineer and, and leveraging security so that you can still be operational. I think that's the, the one thing that we're seeing most is organizations really understanding, hey, this isn't about going and buying 
a bunch of different technology and firewalls. This is a process of people, technology, uh, and then really employing that protective barrier around the organization to allow it to still be operational, uh, not simply just a line item of expense and say, okay, yeah, we have to do that because it's hard to say that we have to. You leverage technology and security so that you can remain operational and continue to drive revenue. Mike, Jarrett, thanks for joining us today for another C-Speak interview. C-Speak, the language of executives, brought to you by PNC Bank.